Support for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by Hillside, a new podcast about the investigation and trial of the Hillside Strangler. Narrated by author and friend of the podcast, Joe Radota, Hillside revisits 10 murders that shocked Los Angeles in 1978 and 1979, followed by the longest murder trial in U.S. history. Joe interviewed more than 40 people connected to the case. Detectives, friends and family of the victims, defense attorneys and prosecutors, journalists, and the presiding judge. It's a riveting story of crime, politics, and personal redemption. Hillside, available now wherever you get your podcasts or at hillsidepodcast.com. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Capital Weekly Podcast. Today's episode was recorded live Thursday, May 26th at California Votes, a 2022 election preview, which was hosted by Capital Weekly. California Votes, a 2022 election preview, was presented as part of Capital Weekly's California Conference Series. Support for California Votes was provided by the Coalition for Safe Responsible Gaming, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations, Western States Petroleum Association, KP Public Affairs, Perry Communications, Capital Advocacy, and California Professional Firefighters. Uh, With that, I'm going to move on to this panel. Uh, I should mention that Randall White, our moderator, is a long, long time California journalist. And with that, I'm going to turn that over to him. If you have any questions, please pose them in the Q&A function, and we will get to them as at the end of the hour. Thanks again for tuning in. And Randall, I will uh, I will get out of your way and let you take over. Thanks well, so thank, much. Yeah, thank you, Tim. We are lucky to have a couple of very good guests with us today to help educate us all on issues that we're facing. In this case, plastics pollutions. So let me dig into what is before us. So proponents have submitted a ballot initiative that would require CalRecycle, the state's recycling agency, to adopt regulations reducing plastic waste, including to require that single-use plastic packaging containers and utensils be reusable, recyclable, or compostable, and to reduce that waste by a quarter, by 25%, by 2030. Also to prohibit polystyrene, you might know it as a styrofoam container that is used by food vendors in many cases. And we saw a lot of that during the pandemic. And three, a tax, a tax that produces, uh, let's see, tax producers of single use plastic packaging containers or utensils by January 1st, 2022. That doesn't seem right, but (laughs) uh, and allocate revenues for recycling and environmental programs, including local water supply protection. Uh, It prohibits legislature from reducing funding to specified state environmental agencies below 2019 levels. Our panelists today include Rob Lapsley. Uh, Rob is president of the California Business Roundtable, a nonpartisan organization made up of senior executives from several of the state's largest companies. Also, Jay Ziegler is the new uh, Nature Conservancy's director of policy and external affairs. And there he oversees the California chapter's engagement at the federal, state and regional levels. Uh, welcome to you both. Thank you for being part of this conversation today. Good morning. Great. Good morning. Thanks, Randall. And so let's uh, 
talk about the what, of course. I just gave that wording off the top there. Uh, a little more summarized is it requires CalRecycle to adopt regulations reducing plastic waste, including requiring the single-use plastic packaging that we talked about, uh, prohibiting polystyrene container use by food vendors, and then taxing producers of single-use plastic packaging. So if we could talk about the why, and I'm going to start with you, Rob. Uh, do you believe there's a problem with how plastic waste is currently handled and has been handled for decades? So again, thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. Thank you to Capital Weekly, as always. Uh, I've been a great colleague and we work with closely. And also my colleague, Mr. Ziegler, who it's always a pleasure to see. So if I could, let me provide Randall a quick context to where we are today in this discussion. This issue has been one that has been worked on in the legislature now for multiple years. I, many of those led by Mr. or Senator Ben Allen. And it is something that all Californians, all companies, businesses, uh, are striving to achieve. How do we make California better? How do we continue to improve our recycling programs, which are clearly proven right now under Cal Recycle to essentially be broken? Uh, and then how do we advance you know, into the next generation of technology to be able to obviously do what's best for the environment? We all support that. Industry has supported that. Industry supports trying to make improvements. Uh, but what we're seeing with this initiative, uh, which we believe was filed to help actually stimulate discussions in the legislature to try and get a resolution on this, which we are participating in from an industry perspective and support trying to get a compromise uh, around some of the legislation currently to make improvements. Uh, so with that, we see with this initiative that it's essentially the wrong solution for the problem currently. It is, has fatal flaws. I, we're gonna go through that. So, I, and I wanna give my colleague, Mr. Ziegler time to speak here, but it's, it's, when we start going through the flaws, you're gonna see that at the bottom line, the legislature needs to fix this issue. They need to get it done uh, so that this initiative essentially doesn't go forward. Uh, because when voters ultimately understand what the flaws of this initiative are, uh, they're going to reject it in the fall. Uh, so, so with that, uh, we look forward to the discussion. You broke up just a little bit, Rob, at one point when you were talking about the introduction of this initiative, saying wow. that it was it was introduced for the purpose of, and then everything got kind of scrambled. Can you repeat oh, that quickly? My apologies. Uh, so we believe it was introduced to try and help stimulate discussion in the legislature to try and get this issue resolved, which again, we support, which we are, all parties are working toward. And we hope that that's ultimately what, what comes out of this discussion. Rob, isn't it a common approach for uh, groups or organizations that are opposed to something happening saying to say that, yes, this is a problem, but this is the wrong approach. We see this time and time again when initiatives come down. Well, it's because, you know, when you actually present those facts to the voters, it actually turns out to be the case. So, you know, we work from a business roundtable perspective on statewide initiatives that impact the economy. So, again, 
a lot of initiatives are well-intended, Randall, but then you dig into the details and you find that despite the good intentions, the actual implementation of the measure is going to have the worst unintended consequences that we could possibly see. And let's get to the bottom line of this one. It is absolutely going to drive up the cost of living on all Californians unequivocally now and into the future over $9 billion a year. And that is just not acceptable for where we are when, when the cost of living and inflation is the number one issue and it won't get the job done on recycling. All right. We'll, we'll get back to you in just a little bit. Thank you. Uh, I do want to hear from Jay now about this issue. And uh, Jay, first off, uh, the same question that I asked to Rob, um, I assume your answer is yes, that it's a problem. Why do you believe plastics waste is such a big problem? Well, we're in a full blown uh, global plastic waste crisis. Uh, Canada has just moved to regulate plastic as a toxic material. The European Union uh, has started a regulatory program to reduce um, pl plastics, in particular, single-use consumption. I think, Randall, it's really important to focus on this. We're talking about reduction of the waste stream of single-use disposable plastics. That's it. Um, and uh, the, uh, the reality is we are generating in California approaching uh, 6 million tons of plastic waste a year now. Uh, this is the largest unregulated uh, waste stream uh, that uh, uh, waste management companies confront in California in reality today. They estimate that about uh, the, the plastic trash represents about 12% by volume. Um, but about 25% to 30% of the actual cost of managing plastic or, or the, of the actual trash cost uh, goes into managing plastic. So consumers are going to pay this either via bill or we're going to transfer responsibility to producers of plastics where there are already viable alternatives uh, underway that uh, are recyclable, are compostable. Uh, are used in other countries, are growing in market share, and provide an extremely viable pathway uh, to reduce this toxic consumption of plastic. I mean, the reality is you and I are consuming a credit card worth of plastic waste a day, a, a week now, a week, one credit card a week. And we're seeing uh, plastic waste everywhere in the form of microplastics, microfibers from Lake Tahoe, uh, every watershed source, virtually every drinking water source, uh, our beaches, our coastlines, our marine life, uh, microplastics are particularly toxic to juvenile salmon uh, in California. And so when you begin to look at the cumulative environmental health, public health, uh, and, and environmental risk of toxics that we are not responding to today, it is absolutely alarming. And I think this is why uh, Public Policy Institute of California polling shows that 70% of Californians are vitally concerned about the volume of plastic waste that we're consuming. And, and just uh, this number that Rob has cited, this cost of $9 billion, if that were true, we're all consuming uh, on the order uh, of uh, approaching a thousand single-use uh, plastic food items um, a week. And I, and I just don't think that that comports to the actual reality uh, of consumption out there. And I think we'll see a much different uh, consumer number, uh, impact number uh, that essentially says, look, we're either going to 
find a way to manage plastics at the local level. And this is why the city and county of San Francisco support the measure, the county of Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles, uh, cities across the state are supporting this measure who actually have the responsibility of dealing with waste in our environment and getting it uh, safely uh, managed. And so this is the big loophole in our system. Um, the big lie for many years has been, oh, well, we'll recycle plastics. The reality is the rate of recycling is going down in plastics, except for uh, PET, the plastic bottles that you often see in a supermarket. Otherwise, we are not recycling plastics. We're landfilling it. It's getting into the environment everywhere. And people have had enough and they recognize what's around the corner. And increasing research shows uh, in that 80% of us, 80% of the public out there uh, have um significant measures of plastics in our bloodstream. And so it, it is, um, this is an issue that we've got to tackle. Um, we've addressed, we've provided a comprehensive approach in the initiative um, to really provide uh, both a pathway to solutions to manage the waste, alternatives uh, to address the waste stream in the environment, um, to get uh, recyclable materials into the market more actively, uh, and finally, to address the environmental impacts of plastics, both on our water supplies, uh, as well as the air, air we breathe, um, uh, and, uh, uh, and the reality that it's in the environment literally everywhere we go. Yeah. And if we don't turn the corner now in California, uh, we're at risk of just seeing uh, this uh, spigot that, um, you know, it, it, it's pretty alarming to think that back in the 1950s. Jay, I'm going to, Jay, I'm going to, I'm going to hold you off there just for a minute, uh, just so we can keep this kind of even. Right, back yeah, I just think we, I, do, we do need to talk about the impacts of plastics in the environment, because that's, that's really the point of this initiative. The Legislative Analyst's Office does estimate that the measure would result in increased state revenue that would possibly in the range be in the range of a few billion dollars annually. So uh, that's the one hard figure that I've seen coming from what would be generated by this fee. That's so, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so and that's not nine. <laughs> that's and, to be clear. And that's not nine. So, uh, Rob, I want to go back so, to you because that's not what we're talking about either. So just just to be clear. So I and and I could go from there, Randall. I don't mean to interrupt. I apologize. No, that's OK. What do you mean by that's not what we're talking well, about? So again, let's you know what I heard my colleagues say from Mr. Ziegler. It sounded really good. I mean, how do you disagree with any of that until you actually read the initiative, until you actually get into the details? So starting from the top and I could even start with the PPIC number, which is they, yes, they support recycling plastics until they find out how much it's going to cost them. And then, then it all falls apart. Because again, the number one issue driving this state is all of the costs that people are paying and what it means to them to be able to survive for working families. And with the rate of inflation on top of that, this is going to add to that. And when they find that out, then they realize when you look at the flaws, it's never going to pass. So what are some of the flaws? So number one, I, when you look at this initiative, I, we talk about plastics right now, but the reality is in the way the language is written, it's going to extend to all recyclable materials. So people have no idea of how it's going to change the approach of what they deal with on a daily basis. The packaging you know, for food safety, for example is going to change dramatically. 
Uh, they're not going to be able to have the, the same materials they use, which will extend the shelf life on these materials. And so things in the store are going to change. And again, when they find out what that means, they, they don't like it. Uh, number two, when you look at the costs, uh, the costs do stand up. It's, it's $9 billion a year. Uh, and that does not mean you have to eat a thousand pieces of plastic to get to that number. What it means is that the producers are gonna end up getting taxed. Half of that is what the producers are going to end up paying, which ultimately, as we all know, and voters know, it's going to get passed on to them. But one but of the Cal greatest- Recycle, Cal Recycle would determine the fee amount with a maximum amount of one cent per item of packaging. So yeah, when you consider how big California is, all the people and all the products that we use, that'll come out to billions of dollars. I haven't seen the $9 billion figure, but but at any rate, it's one up to one cent per piece of packaging. So, but again, you, you look at, that's one piece of this. Then you look at what Cal Recycle is going to do in terms of the direct costs and their numbers are a floor and not a ceiling. They are going to have so much authority from, you know, the bureaucrats within Cal Recycle to make the decisions on what is going to get taxed, what is not, how much they're going to be able to charge with no oversight from the legislature. And most importantly, all the money that's coming in is not going into a lockbox. So the legislature is going to be able to raid those funds as they have in the past when we've had budget deficits, and then they make the producers pay it back. So we're going to be in a position where they're going to raise billions of dollars. And now as the economy is starting to slow down, you're going to see they'll go in and raid those funds all over again. So it's, it's, again, another example of another flaw with this initiative. Doesn't it I, prohibit and again, the legislature? It will extend to all recyclable materials under Cal Recycle. Rob, and they already it, are sitting on $600 million. Sorry, Randall, go ahead. That's okay. Doesn't it prohibit the legislature from reducing the funding to the state environmental agencies? Uh, again, when you it reduces it or prohibits it, but the legislature has full authority. There is no lockbox. It says the legislature go in there and those funds. And they've done it in the past. There is precedent for that. They face a deficit. And then they don't go back and refill them. What do they do? They increase the fees on the producers or essentially on all Californians to backfill that money. Again, okay. it's an example of a major flaw with this initiative that it sounds good, but when you get into the reality, it's going to uh, have a major problem. And the voters see it. They understand that. Okay, Rob, and I want to say, okay, yeah. legislature, go fix it. This is the, for the legislature to fix, not from a statewide initiative. I want to give Jay a chance to respond to the several points that you brought yeah, up. Yeah, I think the critical point you're raising, Randall, is that the fees are a maximum of a penny on a piece of plastic to get to viable recycling uh, objectives to create a market to get into recycling of these materials. And, and quite honestly, all the alternatives are there now. This fee could go to zero. It could We could all be talking about several billions of dollars, but in reality, uh, the industries have the ability to transition away from plastic packaging today. I mean, I think it's, it's worth noting that the attorney general uh, a couple of weeks ago launched a comprehensive investigation of the plastics industry essentially saying we are seeing the catastrophic results of fossil fuel industries, decades-long campaign of deception. 
plastic pollution is seeping into our waterways, poisoning our environment, lighting our landscapes, uh, and 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 on. And 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 I think that quite honestly, this is a crisis that the public recognizes. That I think we all realize uh, that we're trying to battle something here that in in our own consumer behavior. Um, that's bigger than all of us. I mean, it's, you know, again, I started to recount that uh, in the 1950s, we were talking about one and a half million tons of plastic being emitted into the environment. Um, Today, that's 300 million tons, 5 million just in California, 6 million tons of plastic every year uh, released into the oceans. And it's absolutely having a choking effect on the environment. Um, wildlife and 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 we're increasingly seeing impacts of public uh, of plastics in public health and and that's you know that this initiative has a comprehensive approach. I think the point you were getting at is all these funds are subject to our annual audit. Um, they are in effect in a lockbox to be used for explicit purposes described by the legislation. And the only role the legislature can have in this is in furtherance of the goals of the legislation, which are fundamentally uh, to reduce toxic plastic waste in the environment. And- Jay, Jay, would you say that California's bag ban has been successful? Uh, I think there are mixed results. I think it's a, it's certainly raised consciousness. It's uh, but we're also seeing a substitution of materials around the bag ban that are re- uh, re- resulting in materials that are being used for plastic bags that are not recyclable, which is actually contrary to the law. And that's why I ask you the question because in this bill it says, uh, let me find it exactly here: um, single-use plastic packaging containers and utensils be recyclable or reusable, recyclable, or compostable. And it's that reusable word that has been, uh, some might say, abused by the plastic bag ban people who, instead, they give you these bags that you can bring back to the store, right? Uh, And they're thicker and they're bigger. Um, Is there a potential that that same thing could happen um, by just saying, but these are reusable plastic utensils we're handing out? Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I, I do think I understand what you're saying. I think that honestly, it, th- this initiative really is designed to drive a market to sustainable uh, packaging materials that don't impact the environment and public health in, in the way that plastics does. Does and, that and reusable think, word bother you at all? Uh, you, know, you know, look, I, I, I think we're all kind of learning and, and working through uh, some of these issues with, uh, especially with respect to the bag ban. Um, and uh, but I, I think honestly, when you look at what's happening in other developed economies, in Canada, in Europe, that if we can send this signal in California, it will actually drive markets to recyclable packaging materials. And that's where consumers want to be. And there are alternatives um, that are cost viable today uh, in recyclable packaging. I, I would underscore you know, the American Home Appliance Manufacturers Association supports this initiative because they think it sends a clear signal that we need to be heading toward uh, recyclable materials and packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're seeing those, those big, big movers in, in uh, the retail industry that are understanding that we are in a, in, a, in a plastics crisis and we need to do something about it. Rob, I wanna switch back to you. You've given us several reasons as to why you're not a huge fan of the legislation or the initiative. Uh, 
if you could mold this yourself, because you, you say that there is a problem and that it needs to be addressed, but this is just not the right solution, what would be the right solution to you? What would you like to see voters approve to tackle this problem? Give me like one or two or even three points that you think really would help. So actually, if I could, Randall, I need to go back for one second to correct something that I think is important for the listeners today. I And then we'll talk a little bit, then I want to go to your point. So one is because uh, it was raised about a reference to the attorney general. Um, you know, this measure is solely funded on behalf of the uh, environmentalists for by one company, and that's for college. And so you have one company who spent over $3.2 million to be able to put this on the ballot. And when you look at Recology's record here, they have, are under indictment in the city of San Francisco for bribery of public officials uh, for these kinds of issues. They overcharge their customers over $100 million in the city of San Francisco. Arguably, that mo that's money that could have gone right into qualifying this initiative. Rob, what is this I, addressing that Jay had said? What Because you, you phrased this as you wanted to address something specifically. Yeah, so he referenced that investigation by the attorney general. I want to reference the other half of the equation of what's behind this initiative. And, and that is a company who is an, under public indictment, who has very questionable motives that, again, the voters are going to ask themselves when they see that, what is really behind this? Is this a company really benefiting itself? or is this really good policy? So I wanna make sure that, again, the listeners are aware of that because the record is crystal clear. There's been no other groups funding the qualification of this uh, and they are solely behind it. And somewhere somebody's gonna benefit from that in, in that relationship, okay? So, okay, so I, I wanna be clear about that. Sure. And Recology okay, so, has also so, formally withdrawn all involvement in the campaign. It doesn't, they, they spent their money to qualify. That means nothing, Jay. And you, we both know that. That means that they spent it. And somewhere along the line, we know that they're looking for increased profits or something that will change the marketplace for what they want to do. And it's not just about good public policy. Now, let me put that aside. I just want to balance the, you know, the record here for this. And let's talk about, you know, kind of where the current state of affairs is. So with this, you know, we are absolutely supporting the fact that the legislature needs to get this thing solved. This is not a, a, an issue that should be solved by an initiative because you're going to, as we said, have unintended consequences. And those discussions are going on right now, led by Mr. Ben Allen, uh, or Senator Allen, around SB 54. So both sides are talking. We have a month to be able to try and get to a solution, that's the type of process, Randall, that we need to be able to work through the complexities of some of these issues uh -huh. so that we can avoid some of the unintended consequences on, on what we are talking about today. So what is and, it in you know, SB 54 that you're a big fan of? Like, that's what I want to get to. I want to get to what you think could help solve this problem, whether it's by initiative or the legislature. What would work in your mind? So again, where we are in the negotiations to, to get to answer your question, we are, we are working around SP 54 as the vehicle to try and get this thing solved. Again, it's been out there now for a couple of years. Jay's been working hard on this. With all and, due respect, and we, that's not answering what I'm asking. <laughs> so, but the, the bottom line is that with those negotiations, 
going on, you know, I can't publicly negotiate on what we are in this discussion today but because it directly some impacts those discussions. You must right? have some personal feelings about what you think would I, work. I, I learned a long time ago never to negotiate in public or never to negotiate <laughs> against yourself. So, right. Randall, with both of those pieces, we are supporting getting to a compromise and we want to do it with Jay and, and other groups. And we are very hopeful that Mr. Allen can help make that happen. All right, let's uh, skip. And I do want to say, Randall, I mean, uh, to Rob's point, we are actively participating in this legislative dialogue. I uh, how is that? I hope that it could succeed. I think it it makes sense to have, uh, you know, producers embracing the solution right out of the gate. And and I think that, uh, you know, fundamentally, that's um, more important than just a psychological paradigm. We would like to see industry rather than fighting plastic source reduction, actually owning uh, the ability to get it done and get it done in a way that's verifiable and accountable. Um, and we're hoping that the legislation, uh, legislative effort could achieve that. Having said that, we've now been at this uh, for well over three years um, and we haven't succeeded yet. Um, and so that that's that's the paradigm that we're in right now. Um, let's see if we can get there. Um, but I Jay, think, you know, having enforceable source reduction of plastics is really what the public wants to see. Um, and we're hopeful that we can identify a formula that ensures uh, that that outcome is attainable uh, in legislation. And, and, and I think that's what we would need to see uh, from an environmental perspective, from the perspective of, of communities uh, that are bearing the brunt of plastics manufacturing uh, in, in, in and around the state. And, and Randall, if I could add on to that just real quick, I, I think that was very well said by Mr. Ziegler, because we're all, again, working towards those goals. But in the meantime, while this issue has been debated in the legislature, he said three years, and that's correct. Uh, there is improvements going on in the industry, just to be clear, you know, whether it's in, you know, beverages, and there's so much innovation going on among the industry sectors to be able to, uh, you know, help in increasing, obviously, uh, on plastic bottles, all the different things uh, that are happening, they're not sitting still. They are continuing to work towards the same goal and improve things, you know, for all people and how they can always do it better. So that's also part, the innovation is part of this process while we ultimately get to a solution on the recycling programs themselves. There are some big marketing campaigns right now by, I can't remember if it's Coke or Pepsi, uh, really pushing the fact that they're recycle forward. <laughs> and I'm wondering if they're trying that's to get Pepsi. in front. Uh, Pepsi, I, I'm wondering if they're trying to get in front of legislation like this to let consumers know that they're working on it. So I, I can you know speak to that a little bit because Pepsi is a member of the roundtable as a major employer in the state of California. What that what that you know uh, messaging campaign represents is exactly where their company value system is. They're working hard to innovate to do what's best for both the products that they sell, but for you know the future of our environment for our society. Uh, it's tremendous innovation that's going on, and so all they're trying to do is inform, obviously, people of California on that because California matters. Jay said it earlier. Uh, obviously, what happens here. We all know uh, will happen elsewhere. Uh, so they're trying to communicate that so people know they're innovating while we deal with these issues. 
I need to take a moment to remind those who are listening to this conversation to get a better idea of what's going on with this uh, ballot initiative uh, to pose questions in the Q&A, because if we get a chance here, we're running up about 12 minutes left to discuss here. And uh, so I'm certain that Jay and Rob have brought up uh, thoughts that crossed your mind and you want to know more about them, uh, go ahead and pop those in the Q&A and we'll try to get as many of those answered as possible. Yeah. Yeah, One thing I think it is important to note here, though, is that and and, and I think it's I appreciate you raising the campaigns that we're seeing out there, because I think that, uh, you know, all plastic is not the same. And this is there's really only any evidence of a recycling rate increase in the in this PET plastic, which is what you're getting in these plastic bottles, and so it we're what we're seeing here is uh, it, 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 with deference to what the uh, beverage industries are doing, there is this continuing race to least cost options um, that jeopardizes public health and environmental health in a way that the people of California recognize, people around the globe recognize that we have to deal with. We can't continue to have plastic as the outlier regulating glass, metal, uh, all other materials, um, cardboard even um, in the waste stream and continue to have plastic as an outlier exploiting that least cost advantage which is only a least cost advantage because we're not dealing with the environmental and public health consequences of plastics. I mean, fundamentally, uh, everybody recognizes that we can't keep doing what we're doing today. And that's what this initiative is about. It is about setting a clear performance target of reducing plastic uh, waste by 25% uh, in the next decade and and making uh, plastics that are used recyclable and compostable reusable. And Jay, do you know if Jay, do you know if cigarette butts will be included as, in terms of single use, the single use terminology? I, I volunteer on the weekends to clean up street trash in my neighborhood. And I have to say, I, I pick up a lot of cigarette butts and I've uh, I have heard uh, legislation tossed around in the past that might address that. I was just curious if this would cover that. We don't see that as being encompassed in this uh, approach. No, no. it's uh, so, I mean, there certainly are plastics and cigarettes, but, uh, you know, I think it's a stretch to uh, uh, think of that as a um, as a consumer packaging material, which is, you know, which, again, represents only half of our uh, five million ton plastic waste problem. But it's the fastest growing part of the problem. And it and it's that's what we're really aiming at here is something that we can do something about uh, and really make a difference in our neighborhoods and our parks and our right. waterways around us and, and, and the like. To Jay's point, though, as well, you know, again, in addition to the innovation that's going on when this this initiative is not the right solution for that, because, again, it's how far, how fast, at what cost. And the unintended consequences. And while that's, you know, again, everybody shares the same goal, which is why we have to get the legislature to do their work. It's about what those unintended consequences are with this initiative that you're going to find. It's it it does not solve the problem. So, Rob, you're talking about, you know, this one is not the right approach for this problem. We have a question from a listener who says, is there a place in the country or even the world that has successfully reduced plastic waste? And if so, how does that compare to this approach? Uh, Jay has most recently uh, spoken 
at length. <laughs> so, uh, Rob, I'll have you start with that. Well, actually, I, and I would defer to Mr. Ziegler of what his perspectives are on that, then I can add into that since he is at the forefront uh, in leading that. So, Jay, I, how do you see that? Yeah, I, look, I think there are some states uh, that are actually um, proving to be pretty innovative, the state of Oregon, um, uh, Maine, a number of other uh, states around the country are moving um, to reduce plastic waste. Certainly Canada is moving very aggressively to regulate plastic as a toxic material in the environment. Um, certainly the European Union uh, is moving forward uh, expeditiously. And, and frankly, as, as Rob noted earlier, the power in this initiative that we see is that it will be a catalyst for change in the United States, that it will really represent uh, an opportunity to rein in plastic waste, to move to viable materials um, that are available today, uh, to bring down that long-term environmental cost, that long-term public health talk cost that we're not dealing with today, um, but we know is there. I mean, we, we know we can't continue uh, to just uh, 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 treat plastic as a throwaway that doesn't have any environmental consequences. That's that's not the reality that we're seeing today. And that I think that's why uh, you know consumers are ready for change um, and ready to invest in a measure that holds producers accountable for that waste. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and because it would be a catalyst, Randall, that's why we have to ensure we get it right. And again, when you when you look at the details, this one doesn't get there. When you look at the in, the number one factor of the increased cost. It can be done in a, in a different way so that we don't have the, all Californians now paying a new tax, you know, on top of the increased cost of living and inflation to, to be able to do this, uh, especially when you don't put uh, parameters around calorie cycle in both their decision making and how much money that they are going to be able to spend and ultimately impose costs on people. Uh, to totally change how we are packaging products. So we, we often tax things that are considered bad for society, uh, cigarettes, cigarettes, sure. alcohol. Uh, and then uh, in this case, it'd be plastic and marijuana. Right. Yeah. Isn't that so? Uh, so it would in this case. Isn't it doesn't it stand to reason that a penny per uh, item might be added to address the problem that the product creates? Again, the so the answer is yes, there, there is a cost to implement all these programs, right? But we're not talking about just a penny here. That's just one part of the overall cost. And that's the hidden part. There's a hidden part to all this, which would essentially be a hidden tax, which is what is truly going to impact all consumers, all Californians, all working families. And, you know, it's the bureaucratic cost of this. We're not even talking about that. It's so it's not just about what the one penny per piece. It's much bigger, much broader. And that's when, again, when people find out what this really is in terms of the cost, that's where they say it, it doesn't work. And I just want to rephrase well, how I put that. I want to say potential harm to society because the things that I mentioned don't necessarily have harm. It depends on how they're used. So, well, uh, we have pretty good science, uh, scientific evidence in, out there that uh, we've seen plastics in the environment uh, since the 1970s. We now we have much better information now about its mortality, especially as I've noted on uh, coho and chinook salmon, ju ju virtually as a uh, 
uh, a direct poison effect. When you introduce microplastics into California rivers, we, we lose juvenile salmon. Um, it's, it's like a straight line cause and effect uh, determinative factor. I mean, we've got so much data, Randall, that we're getting our heads around on the impacts of plastics in the environment, the impacts of plastics uh, to public health, um, and 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 just the reality that we all confront, and 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 you know, Rob acknowledged that we're consuming a credit card of plastic a week in 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 just usual uh, uh, daily consumption uh, of of uh, materials, air, and water, and. We we only have three minutes left, and I'm only uh, jumping in because you had made that point in the past, Jay. Uh, we Cal Recycle has uh, been brought up several times. We yeah. know that the agency has struggled with meeting recycling goals. So half the money generated will go to this agency uh, for starting and enforcing the measure. Uh, Rob, if this measure doesn't go into place. And all expenses subject to audit. Annual right. Well, and they're already you... sitting on $600 million that they haven't expended that, you know, the legislature finally found right through an audit as well. So they're kind of, they're, I would argue, a broken agency at this point. There, there really is a plan in the budget to address to that, fixed, though, right? Right. Mm -hmm. There's a plan in the budget to address that, to in, yeah. in, increase. But uh, yeah, so, so, you, so, Rob, you don't believe Cal Recycle needs additional funding. So I, I think that when you, Arguably, if they're sitting on $600 million, do they need that? No. Again, it's how far, how fast, how much for Californians. Isn't and, it money they've collected, though, that they need to return? Like that is money that it was refund money. It's not operating money. That, again, does anybody really know? Uh, that's what is being said. Want to see the audit? Clearly, when you're sitting on that kind of money for programs, that it was supposed to be expended for recycling, you've got a big problem. We have zero confidence at this point that under this initiative, they are going to be able to implement a successful program. That's part of the biggest problem. You Jay. have an agency who's responsible that has no track record right now in being able to implement something. That is why, again, it needs to be done in the legislature who then understands what they are passing so they can oversee it and try and ensure a more successful implementation. Rob, so, we're up against the clock, and I need to give Jay a chance to respond to the Cal Recycle. Yeah, Cal I think, Recycle honestly, piece. we've got the accountability measures uh, in there to ensure, one, that the, that the money is, is tracked and used for explicit purposes described by the initiative. That is the only funding that can be used. Again, a penny or less uh, on any piece uh, of uh, consumer packaging material. Um, so... Uh, so think about that. It's not the whole economy. It is a very narrow slice. Uh, it is a slice that is restricted uh, uh, to really half the plastics that are showing up in our landfills today. Okay, um, have and to... the public wants to see something done about this. So I think that we've got the measures for agency accountability built into this initiative um, that will deliver uh, the kind of accountability uh, that Californians expect in dealing with the plastics waste crisis.
I just have seconds left to say a proper goodbye and a thank you to <laughs> both of you. Rob Lapsley, thank you very much. president of the California Thanks, Business Randall. Roundtable. Thanks, very man. much appreciate. Uh, Jay, is it Ziegler or Ziegler? Uh, Ziegler, right? yes, thank Ziegler, you. Ziegler, I did say. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, Jay Ziegler is the Nature Conservancy Director of Policy and External Affairs. Thank you so much to you both and for all of you who listened today. The Capital Weekly Podcast is produced by Tim Foster for Open California. If you enjoyed today's episode, we hope you'll go onto iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a positive review. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next week.